Hey, this is Brian Williams from Carrie and Curse, and you're listening to KFMP Misery Point Radio. to KFMP Misery Point Radio. As always, I appreciate you taking some time away from your free trial porn membership so you can hang out with me here in the wasteland. And when I say hang out, I don't mean that kind of hanging out, but hey, I'm not judging UBU. The way I see it, with the competition being as stiff as it is and all, I need to provide you something else to help relieve some stress and get you through your day. And no, I'm not talking about swamp ass powder. Well, not this time anyway. Although, we are taking a virtual trip to the unofficial capital of swamp ass and death metal. That's right, the fabled land of Florida. Today's guest is Brian Williams, frontman for Florida-based death metal outfit Carrion Curse, who recently released their sophomore full-length album, A Curse on the World. And since it had been six years or so since the release of their debut, Feast of the Maggots, Brian caught me up on the details surrounding the delayed release of this album and some of the challenges they faced in getting it completed, including lineup changes, personal challenges, commitment issues, and a huge sandpaper-wrapped spike in the ass, otherwise known as COVID. We also discussed the definition and evolution of the band's old-school sound, the recording process, canceled shows, early influences, the original plan for the Curse on the World demo, and his thoughts on the Florida metal scene in general. Brian is a super chill, laid-back dude who's clearly got a passion for music and is dedicated to unleashing his own brand of old-school style death metal upon the world. So it's cool I was finally able to have this conversation with him after a long time of talking about making it happen. You know, things don't always go according to plan in podcast and radio land either. Surprise, surprise. So put down those bath salts, grab your swamp ass powder, and crank up the AC as we talk about some good old-fashioned Florida death metal. Check it out. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing awesome, thanks. Uh, you know, I know we've been talking about doing this for a while. Uh, glad we finally got the chance to make this happen after numerous delays and all this kinds of crazy stuff. And you know all about delays. You've been dealing with some stuff uh, in your own projects for the last uh, couple of years. So, uh, you know, I actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, so uh, a little bit of history um, for the listeners and stuff. Now, I've known about your band for quite some time, and although we hadn't met yet, I actually saw you uh, in Orlando at the Massacre reboot show because I saw yep. you sitting down with Tony Black um, for whatever it was, five minutes uh, when he was doing his thing. Uh, I saw him talking to you and uh, talking to Roz and uh, and some other people there. So I just thought that was, that was kind of a, a cool small world. I ended up running into a bunch of people uh, from that show who I ended up connecting with later on. So uh, that was my first experience in Florida, which is uh, obviously where you're at right there. So uh, that was probably just a, a quick little local jaunt for you to get down to that show. Yeah, uh, it was about a four-hour trek from my part of the state because I live in the north part and so central Florida with uh, traffic and whatnot. It's, you know, <laughs> fun time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a three thousand mile trip for me, a little bit more than four hours. So, <laughs> right on. Oh yeah. 
Well, uh, so getting into the into the good stuff then, um, speaking of delays and all that stuff, but so finally, just a couple of months back, you released the album, finally, after, you know, who knows how long, what, six years since your last one, uh, yeah. A Curse on the World, so congratulations to that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and uh, from what I understand, you kind of had quite the ordeal, not just in the sense of the amount of time um, from Feast of Maggots, but just, just all the crazy stuff going on, lineup changes, delays, any number of, of things that's, uh, you know, kind of happened. So, uh, you know, COVID, re-recording drum tracks. Uh, so tell us about that. What was going on over these last couple of years as you were trying to get this album recorded? Um. Well, we were basically rolling with the crew that we had from the first album and as uh shows kept going and the band kept progressing members would come to find that you know it's the band is going one path their life is going another so they ended up having to step down from the band so that's why we'd have a a slew of different people coming in and filling out we'd have people say yeah i'm down to i'll come in i'll learn your stuff and they come in for like three four months learn all the stuff and then right as we're getting ready to play a show they'll be like uh, i quit <laughs> so <laughs> you know we, we, i've 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 seen it all i've dealt with it all um you know you just if you love it you just find a way to make it happen yeah. Oh, well, you know, and metal is is kind of one of those genres that, you know, people are either really super dedicated because they know what to expect out of it, which is a lot of super hard grindy work, or they get into it with the passion and realize, holy shit, this is way more than I thought it was going to be. And they just end up bailing. Um, and, you know, when I was playing, I, I was kind of the latter. I put a lot of time in there. And at one point I just realized, man, I'm just getting, I'm getting too old and broken to to carry on with this lifestyle. So props to you guys that make it happen. Um, so as it stands right now, it's, uh, you and Freddie as the OGs, right? And then you've got a new guitarist, a new bass player and a new drummer. So tell us about those guys. Uh, the guitarist and bass player are from, um, a band in Panama city called Grimoire. Okay. Uh, although as of lately, the bassist and guitar player are not in the same like the bass player is no longer uh jonathan he's no longer in grimoire but he's still playing in a couple other bands in the area including carrying curse so uh there's there's that steven's still running grimoire he's pretty much like the main the main guy behind grimoire and he's he's got a he's got a new lineup of like a new guitar player new bassist and i think they're working on like a new demo and getting ready to play some shows um, I know, I know, we have like a couple shows lined up with both Carrying Curse and Grimoire in the fall, like November, December, um, I believe. And uh, basically, uh, how they came about. Uh, <clears throat> so last year, uh, we were getting amped. We were finally uh, getting ready to do the record. You know, get drum tracks ready, and. Uh, we got delayed on getting drums started till January last year. We finally got drums started and finished. And then about March of last year uh, is when the thick of it started to happen, you know, with the pandemic and whatnot. And um, 
things with our current guitar player, Dale, uh, weren't necessarily uh, working for the band 100%. Like, he he had other priorities, and it was starting to affect the, the, the band. And so um, we felt it was necessary to go ahead and cut ties with him so that we can continue forward and he can go, you know, do his, what he was doing. And, uh, you know, he's he's much happier doing what he was doing. Uh, he's in a band with his wife and they're doing uh, folk music and whatnot. So he's happy doing that. And, you know, I'm proud, you know, I appreciate him for putting in the hard work. He helped write a couple of awesome tunes on that record. We do have him credited for it. Um, as far as continuing the band, Steven basically hit me up and said that he could do guitar and uh, Jonathan was like, I'll play bass too. So that kind of helped, that helped me out there right away. Um, about the end of March, when it was starting to get real crazy and whatnot, our drummer from the first album finally was like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to do this, you know. And so he stepped down after doing the drum tracks. And so we had the drum tracks and we had new members, but we didn't have a drummer. Um, I hit up a drummer that I was in a band with about 10 years ago. And uh, he was, he seemed interested and we got together and we had like one practice, ran through a couple songs. It, it kind of, it had potential, but it didn't, it ended up, he, he ended up not wanting to, you know, go into it. So that left us still on the, the hunt. And at this time we were still scheduled to open up for Massacre that because uh, they had that massacre show that was supposed to be november last year right and and so i was kind of using that as fuel to get you know like you know like hey we need to find people we got this show you know we got to get ready for this show and so i of all things i put a craigslist ad out for a drummer and sure enough uh steve our new our new drummer he hit us up and he seemed interested and he sent me a sample of his old band and he could he could play and i asked him to make a little tryout video for us and he did he made a little playthrough video of one of our songs so like we were like okay so um with with uh freddie living an hour east of tallahassee and um the other guys living in panama city which is like an hour and a half west um I had uh, the drummer, he lives like uh, an hour outside of Savannah, Georgia, South Georgia. So it's like a three hour drive for him to come to my house. So since I'm kind of like in the center, we, you know, we, we look, we meet here at my house for rehearsal and uh, he'll come and play on my kit and he's pretty much got like the same setup. Um, and so that's kind of how the new formation of the band kind of happened last year in preparation to get ready for the massacre show that inevitably got canceled <laughs> anyway. So, but it got us to get our shit together and made it so we could prepare and record for the new album. And within less than a year, we, we were able to record and put out the album right from on. having the new lineup. So that was very impressive. I was, I was very impressed with that because the guy we had some of the same guys from the first lineup and it took us five years to figure out, Hey, I should or get off the pot. Sure. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, that's a, a pretty common phrase, I think, in the music business, especially when you, some people take it casually, you know, hey, this is a fun project and I want to do it. And other people are very serious about it. And uh, sometimes those those paths, they just uh, they don't always run together nicely. So right. now so your uh, your former drummer uh, was that John? Was that who that was? Uh, Correct. Uh, Correct. So he had recorded tracks already. And so then you got your new drummer in. And then so we ended you, did you end up we redid we them? scrapped the yes we totally redid them with, with Steve and they were they came out much better so. oh okay got it yeah so <laughs> what you hear on the on the album is actually Steve and not John okay yeah no and, disrespect uh, to John of course just I was just curious kind of how that how that process was gonna work so you got all new people and uh, so things are are you know kind of moving forward then now initially you know so back in like 2017 or so you had released uh curse on the world as kind of a demo like a four song demo and then here we are a a few years later now and it's it's kind of a full length album with those same four songs redone plus what seven more so was that kind of always the plan to release that partially as a demo and redo it as opposed to say leave the the demo as more of an ep standalone and then just do you know say seven or eight new songs uh it was always uh in my vision to do like the the demo version and then like the full-length album version and uh it just it took longer than i wanted for to come to fruition like i really wanted it to be a quick like all right here's the demo and then like a year maybe two years later here's the full length and it ended up being four years later or 20 yeah like four years later so (laughs) you know it just it goes when it goes yeah and so and then the the artwork of the album as well is kind of like it's the same but it's kind of had a little bit of a tweak to it right a little bit of a maybe a modernization uh looks just a slightly different uh so um basically now you've got this this album that's it's done it's ready to go it's out there in the world it sounds great um i assume that it was uh recorded by a different person in a different place for the full uh album versus the demo uh actually where did we do yeah the drums were done well we did the drums here at my house oh okay in our uh they were recorded here and then we did the guitars and vocals and everything at freddie's house um because he's got like a little like travel setup for pro tools and he's got all the mics and whatnot so um we basically did drums here because we got i got a hardwood floor and that's why the drums you know it's it's a good room yeah like uh that it had a nice sound so uh that's why we chose to go with uh using this location for drums and then do everything on freddie's computer digitally you know he had he has like an isolation booth for like a cab or whatnot and uh uh basically for the bass i think we just did like a direct in out of the head and uh i did a for the vocals i he we have a sm7b mic that i did all the vote yeah yeah so i did all the i did all the vocals on one of those all right on and uh and uh it came out the way it came out we didn't you know we don't have the money to go into a high dollar studio and and 
pay a producer and you know but we do our homework and learn our songs and try and get it down to the clicks that way we can do it in a a timely manner which is why we're able to put it out in like two three months yeah right on man we're gonna check out one of those songs right now so here it is from a curse on the world this one's called keeper of realms So you guys pretty much uh, self-produced your album then, recorded. Both of them. Yeah, uh, 
recorded it, mixed it, mastered it, did all that kind of stuff. That's all you guys. Yeah, Freddie's the the main guy for that. Oh. Right on. Good job, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it actually it's it sounds really good. Um that's kind of one of the things that I notice is like, you know, your your guys' sound is um it's pretty old school sounding. Uh, you know, it's, it's got, it's definitely got that vibe. Uh, you know, I, I, the biggest thing is, is that I kind of compare it to like those, the, the early massacre era is really the kind of sound, the inspiration that I, that I hear from it. I don't know if that's entirely accurate from your perspective, but you know, when I listen to it, that's kind of the, the vibe I get off it. And, you know, so you being in Florida, I guess with the Tampa scene being what it is and kind of what it always has been, um, I assume that that's kind of your roots. Am I correct in assuming that? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> so early on, as you were kind of developing your own musical interests and the direction that you wanted to take it, was that predominantly the scene that, that was influencing you the most was your own local scene? Oh, our own, no. Well, like as far as our talent, like, well, being from Tallahassee, our local scene consists of like maybe five bands, maybe <laughs> six. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there's like one other uh, death metal band in Tallahassee and that's Alter of Flesh. And okay. they're playing, uh, they're playing with us at the Tampa death fest in October. Sure. But the, Tamp- they, the Tampa yeah. scene was kind of where that was at for you. Yeah. Like we, Freddie's, friends with a lot of the old school death metal dudes and a lot of the old bands like like cannibal corpse and six feet under and and stuff like that so we've always you know he's had a big influence on that and like i grew up listening to death metal even though i'm a little younger than than him um i still have a heart for the old school death metal sound and that's you know that's what i grew up on morbid angel so (laughs) Yeah, yeah well i was 14 domination you know like that that was like this is the shit this is what i want to do oh man you just made me feel really old and you said 14 (laughs) domination yeah no alters i got i got alters when it first launched um and you know lester the sick uh was definitely one of my my favorite albums for for a very long time um and then yeah morbid i think is awesome but the florida scene I, i i always really really liked it i mean at the time also the Swedish scene was going on. So like all the entombed and dismembered and all that stuff, I got really heavy into that, but you know, I was big. Yeah. Grave. I love grave. Yeah. Especially those first couple albums, but you know, you guys had, you know, the, uh, the death and the obituaries and, and all those kind of guys. And, you know, James Murphy being out there, of course, I, a huge fan of, of James Murphy. So what were, uh, you, so you mentioned Morbid, you mentioned Cannibal. What were some of the bands that maybe influenced the direction you wanted to go vocally? Who were some of the, the vocalists that you really liked? Oh, oh man, that's a long list. I mean, (laughs) all the guys that we grew up listening to, you know, like, like I, I've just I've listened to so many people and so many bands, and I've done I've been doing heavy vocals since I was in my teenage years. So I've kind of like pretty much developed my own sound. Mm-hmm. Or like when you hear me, you know it's me. You know, like I don't. I mean, I might I might make you rem- I might remind you of like this band or that band or sure. Freddie will even say I'm like a mix between uh, Corpse Grinder and Chris Barnes, and I'm like, oh wow, thank you. You know, like. 
I mean, I want to be as good as Travis from Cattle Decap, you know, like he's, he's like definitely a, a, a badass death metal vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's a whole list of vocalists that I look up to, but you know, I just, there's so many, I just, it's like literally a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you sure. ingredient and hope, and then you just do it. You just you just do it yourself, and you end up developing your own sound. And well, I guess my style is incorporated from my influences, but yeah. I think my 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 tones are just naturally developed from just doing it. That's how my take on it. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, cattle decap, and I I got a chance to see those guys live, and. Uh, they pull it off. They're, they're, they're pretty brutal and they're, they're definitely very unique in their execution. So that, that's cool to hear you uh, list that as, as a uh, one that you really like. I think they're a super underappreciated band. Um, but I, I think that they're, a, I see big things for them down the road, I guess I'd say. So, well, that's awesome. So you got a lot of cool, you know, uh, Tampa influences, some other influences as well. And you've got this new album, which uh, sounds killer. And it's got the very, uh, it's still, it's good production. You can hear all the instruments. It still has a pretty raw feel to it, which I think fits in with with your guys' sound. And then you also did, um, now just recently, uh, a couple months back, kind of released a a live album, if you will, uh, A Curse on the Verona. Did I say that right? Um, so yeah. So based off of a a show that you guys played, um, I, I would assume it's at the Verona. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. The Verona is actually about to close. They they're they're getting evicted from the pan- pandemic. The pandemic pretty much fucked them up. But sure. Deicide just just did a show there. Uh, I don't know if you followed that or not, but Deicide just played there with Inhuman Condition a couple weeks back. I, I, I was there. It, oh, it you're, was okay, awesome. yeah. I, I heard about that that show. Um, I was in North Carolina at the time, um, but uh, oh so. yeah, false false prophet came down. I hung out with them and talked to them for a minute. And uh, yeah, man, it was awesome, dude. Yeah, it was Scott, such a good show. Scott was trying to get me to go out there because uh, I was trying to hook up with him, but he's like, "Oh, I'm heading down to Florida," and I was just I couldn't make the timing work. But uh, yeah, so that's crazy. So, so you guys did this uh, this live show there and decided to release this kind of as a as a I assume like a digital album. Um, now, was this uh, just a, the live floor recording, or was this kind of run through the board and then mixed after the fact? <laughs> no, nah, this is a straight bootleg off the camera. <laughs> camera <laughs> tweaked, audio. <laughs> tweaked a little bit, like tweaked the EQ a little bit, but you know, like. Uh, it was before I got like I got some equipment now to do to actually take a little bit better live sound. Um, you know, it, it what sucks is I'm not going to have a chance to like us play at the Verona again to redo it. It was just kind of like uh, punk rock, you know, yeah. Mi- you know, like straight misfits. Like, let's just release this live show, you know, like. It is what it is. It's just a tribute to the Verona because there was a good time in our lives, and that that bar was awesome. Evan was a great dude, is a great dude, and he did a lot for the 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 scene in that area. And uh, the Verona was just north of uh, Tampa in uh, Newport Ritchie. I, I've seen the uh, the Absence played there. My one of my older bands played there. It, it was a great place, and I'm gonna miss it. Yeah. So you guys went like straight up old school, uh, like death rehearsal, throw the, 
throw the boom box out in the middle of the floor or outside the garage and just, mm-hmm. uh, whatever happens, happens. Uh, that's about as punk rock as it gets. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome though. And I, it's, I've heard a lot about that place and, uh, everybody kind of seems to say the same, that it's just kind of one of those, you know, small little hole in the wall landmarks that, that will be missed. So, uh, you know, all right. Sound. Yeah. Good. He did good sound for a little hole, but it was a great, great, good sound. Yeah. Good sound. RIP to one more club. Uh, you know, I'm tipping my 40 there for you, brother. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and then also before I forget, uh, you kind of brought it up a, a few minutes back, but so you are learning drums or you play drums or in some capacity, you anyway have a drum set. So are you going to be like the next uh, Mike Browning? Is that the plan? And that you'll just uh, <laughs> you'll take on both duties and uh, <laughs> kind of have Oddly that be enough, your stick? <laughs> I'm friends with him and I've hung out with him. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm doing drums in like a little side project with one of my old, like one of my guitar players for like my first band when I was like 19. Um, it's like a little industrial ministry type thing, ministry nine inch nails kind of thing. I, I put, I think I've linked some videos of us practicing on our, uh, on my, on my Facebook wall, but, uh, it, you know, it's just fun stuff. Uh, see what, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Two little two man group. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I'm seeing kind of the the onslaught of, uh, we'll call them solo act bands, uh, the new generation of batteries, I guess you will, where it's uh, one person that kind of just records everything and releases it as a band project. I'm not entirely against it from the uh, from the recording standpoint. Um, here locally in the Seattle area, there's quite a few bands that actually play that way where it's one or two guys and then they set up like drum machines and sequencers and they'll have their guitarist and, uh, you know, somebody else. And then the rest of it's all electronic. Um, but I, I kind of think it's cool that, you know, we've now been afforded this time where you can kind of try out these projects that you may not have had the opportunity to kind of mess around with. I mean, for all the bullshit we've had to deal with because of, uh, you know, lockdowns and closures and whatnot, I'm finding that people have, uh, kind of embraced their, their, creative possibilities so so now that you're uh gonna be a master drummer um you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's pretty awesome though i've always wanted to learn drums i've had access to kits all my life but i sit behind one and then i just feel intimidated and say nah i think i need to go play something it just has way less moving parts to it uh plus now i'm old and broken i just can't physically handle that level of uh having to think about what the hell i'm doing <laughs> right so well, now that uh, now that things are starting to open back up, uh, you mentioned that you know there's some some shows on the horizon for you. Um, so I've seen a couple of posts on your band page, but uh, kind of tell us about you know what's coming up, what shows you got coming up. There's a Death Fest coming up and some other ones. Uh, yes, uh, next month in June we will be playing our first time at, in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, at, at Jack Rabbits, uh, I saw Deicide play there a couple years ago. Uh, it's a pretty cool little club. Um, and then that's uh, June 18th, so Friday night. And then Saturday night, uh, the following night, we're going to Orlando and playing at the Haven. And that'll be our first time at the Haven. And uh, that's going to be with uh, both nights with the band Corrupted Saint out of Jacksonville. They're pretty good. Uh, Thrash Death. 
uh, I totally recommend checking them out. And then uh, on that Saturday night, we're playing with this band uh, from Orlando called Haunted. They they have a real big buzz. Um, they they were around in the '90s and then like went on hiatus, and then just recently in the past couple of years have uh, reformed, and they're about to release a new album. Um, the crazy thing with that band is they just had a vocalist in the band, uh, Goat Lord, uh, pass away. What? Uh, yeah, the, the crazy thing about that was our show at the Verona was his last show. Uh, like, he came out to see us because he, um, he, he was, uh, used to be roommates with my guitar player, Steven. Like, they used to live together, like, back in, like, 2003 and whatnot. Well, when he was down, when Steven was in Orlando going to school at Full Sail, um, they were roommates for a little while. And so he came out to our show just to come see us and hang out with them. And like, he was such a great dude. Like he was one of those souls where you like, you, you instantly meet him. You're like, dude, we're going to be fucking friends, you know? And then like the next week, like Evan, the owner of Verona, like hit me up and was like, dude, he goat Lord's dead. Like, and apparently he was on his motorcycle, um, just coming home from work. And if, if I, I might be wrong, but, uh, from what I, I remember being told, uh, a car was running from the cops uh, the, in, the, in the other lane and basically lost control, hopped the curb, and took my buddy out on his bike. Instantly Shit. killed him. Dude, that's balls, man. Um, I'm a motorcycle rider myself, and uh, I, I live in probably one of the craziest traffic areas in the country, um, Seattle's. Mm-hmm pretty nasty i mean it's probably not quite you know la or new york or anything like that but it's it's pretty bad and uh people here don't give two shits about motorcyclists that's for sure my brother uh got in a really that's bad... everywhere bro oh that's yeah everywhere. It's probably everywhere it's true yeah my brother uh got in a pretty nasty wreck on his bike because somebody pulled out in front of him and he went right over the top of the thing wiped out his bike um he got up and walked away from it but his bike was totally yeah. yeah it's crazy yeah I've... I've, I've, I've fucked this shoulder up. <laughs> I draw, I, I've had, I've had a couple wipeouts and I've broken this collarbone. <laughs> That's why I don't currently have a bike, but yeah. I, I grew up on a bike. So, I mean, I know, I know how it is. It's just, it's so dangerous nowadays compared to how it was 30 years ago. Well, all of your, uh, all of your motorcycle head trauma probably explains why you're, uh, why you're in the death metal scene. Then you just, uh, <laughs> something wrong with you where you have to keep doing it. Right. <laughs> right. So, so uh, now that you're playing some shows, your album is out. Uh, what else do we need to know? Any other projects that you got in the works or anything that you, we need to, uh, pay attention to or be on the lookout for from carrying curse. Um, I will, I try to come up with new content for the YouTube channel because I want to try and get the YouTube channel more uh, active. Sure. Because that's, that, you know, um, I'd like to be able to save up some money and get a professional music video done for one of our songs. That would be very killer. Um, as of now, it's just uh, play some shows, sell some merch. Uh, um, with... It being the summertime, my guitarist is busy with work. Um, he, he cleans condos and stuff during the summer. And so he he's not going to be able to join us up for these next couple of shows. So we're going to be playing out as a four-piece. 
But come October when we play Tampa Death Fest, he'll be back, and he'll be back for shows after that. And then um, we'll probably continue to play some shows. Uh, we're going to work on bringing some of the older songs back into the set list so we have a little bit of old and new. Oh, right and, on. Um, and then uh, eventually start maybe working on songs for the next album. Yeah, and we'll hear that there in about go. 10 years, right? Hell no, I hope not. <laughs> so it better, it be, <laughs> better not be that long, right? <laughs> right, because right. we want to, um, when when Feast of the Maggots comes up for its 10-year anniversary, we were, we were thinking about re-recording it and re-releasing it, uh, like a 10-year anniversary, and adding uh, like a bonus track to it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so uh, yeah, well, t- yeah. tell tell everybody then where they can stalk you online, all your social media stuff. Tell us about that YouTube page. How do they find you on the interwebs? You just Google Carrion Curse. There's no other bands with our name. I, I made I made sure of it before I got the band name. <laughs> so there's not going to be I'm like car- a no Carrion Curse X or Gods of Carrion Curse or uh, Carrion Curse AD or any of that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I sure hell hope not. <laughs> God forbid that happens. Yeah. And you guys are but, on uh, all, the, all the sites, right? Facebook, Instagram, yep. Twitter, all that, all the good stuff. Yep, and we're on Spotify and Apple Apple Music and Amazon Music. We got merch on Amazon. Um, uh, we I can sell you some merch, you know, out of my closet. Yeah. <laughs> I got some band. Yeah, that's not creepy at all, shirts. Brian. <laughs> no, yeah. You have to yeah, show no, up no. to Brian's closet, and he'll let you try on clothes while he watches. <laughs> So you can also download their albums on Bandcamp, which is what I did, guys. So go support Carrie and Kerr, support Brian, all of his new bandmates. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for hanging out today on Misery Point Radio. This has been awesome and uh, been really cool having you on. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me, man. And a huge thanks, as always, to all of you for tuning into the show. Please make sure you follow Misery Point Radio on all the social media channels and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, which now includes Pandora and Amazon Music. And we're going to close this motherfucker out with one more song from Carrie and Curse. So here it is from A Curse on the World. This one's called The Blood Eagle Soars.
Strong.